the Film Society of Lincoln Center, you're listening to The Close-Up. Each week, we bring you in-depth conversations with some of the biggest names in filmmaking. It's September 23, 2015. I'm Michael Odmark, one of the show's producers. The 53rd New York Film Festival is only two days away, and here on the podcast, we're counting down with archival episodes that feature some of the stars of this year's lineup. Today, you'll hear a conversation with Thai filmmaker Apichitpong Wersethakul, whose new film, Cemetery of Splendor, a surreal meditation on memory and myth, will have its U.S. premiere in the festival's main slate. Wersethakul's previous film, Uncle Boonmi, Who Can Recall His Past Lives, also had its U.S. premiere in NYFF after winning the prestigious Palme d'Or at Cannes. Like all of the director's work, it defies easy description. It follows Uncle Boonmi as he gathers his family in the countryside to prepare for death. He is seriously ill and convinced he will die within a few days. Soon, he is visited by the ghosts of his wife and estranged son, the latter assuming the guise of a beast-like jungle creature. In addition to winning the top prize at Cannes, Uncle Boonmi was embraced by critics. With Scott Tobias writing for the AV Club, Uncle Boonmi is a moving, gently reassuring tale that softens the boundaries between humanity and nature, life and the afterlife. During the festival, Wersetical joined festival programmer Dennis Lim on stage for one of our HBO director's dialogues to talk about his career and approach to filmmaking. The 53rd New York Film Festival continues the tradition of insightful conversations with filmmakers, including our on-cinema masterclass with Ho Xiao Shen, HBO director's dialogues with Todd Haynes, Michael Moore, and Jia Zhang Ke, and free NYFF live talks every day at 7 p.m. in our amphitheater. For more information, head to filmlink.org slash NYFF. But for now, let's listen in to Dennis Lim in conversation with Apichapong Wersetikol at the 48th New York Film Festival. I wanted to uh, proceed more or less chronologically through the span of your career, which um, it, which now spans 10 years, uh, more than 10 years. Your first feature was made um, in 2000, Mysterious Object at Noon. Um, and maybe we can just start by talking a bit about your, your, um, your early films. Um, you studied architecture in Thailand, um, and then you studied um, filmmaking at the, at the School of the Art Institute in Chicago. Uh, and that's sort of where you were exposed to um, experimental film. And um, I know you've said that Bruce Bailey and Andy Warhol were, were very important discoveries for you at the time. Um, and looking back at your f- the, the first films that you made in, in Chicago, um, a lot of them were, were less narrative and right. more structural. But yeah. as you moved back to Thailand and made Mysterious Object, I mean, that, that is actually a, um, an experimental film, but also a very narrative one. In, in many ways, it's a film about fiction and about storytelling. So can you talk about really, you know, your immersion in these in experimental non-narrative ideas and then making your own cinema with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I was really uh, into experimental films when I was in Chicago. It was a shock. I, I was there in uh, 94 and I saw, I think one of the first film was uh, Len Lai, a scratching film, Free Radicals. And it was, wow, you can make the film by yourself, uh, like a painter or sculpture in classical way. And, and that, you know, it, it, that's what I think, that, that's what I've been looking for. And so I feel like a, a hungry person, so I just consuming, you know, I spend more than half of the time in, in the state, in the dark room, just watching 
all these experimental films and they're also, you know, in, in the school, it, it very focused on experimental film. So there's a kind of, when people do narrative film, there's some kind of, oh, you're doing narrative. And <laughs> we are like kind of separate camp, you know. So, but I, I'm in love with, with this structural and uh, exploration of film in, in a physical form. And, but when I went back to Thailand, somehow I tried in earlier film, yes, uh, it, you know, very structural based and also maybe influenced from my architectural background. Um, but somehow it didn't feel fit. Uh, it, it has so many rich narrative, um, especially when I grew up, you know, uh, with this media and it's always transforming the way we tell story. So it's full of, uh, it's a narrative culture, I think. So I, I try to find a way and to adapt that. And I think until now it's, it's, it's it can be called an experimental narrative or something, the mixture of the two, yeah. Mm. Do you uh, do you just want to say a little bit more about Mysterious Object at Noon, which is um, yeah. has a structure of a kind of a, a road movie, um, yeah. and and also is um, uh, based on this um, surrealist mm. technique um, of uh, the exquisite corpse. Um, and um, if, I was wondering if you could talk about why mm. um, why you chose that um, structure for for your first film, and also whether this idea of um, the surrealist idea of, of mm. automatic writing, free association, is that something that, that um, you've applied in your subsequent work? Uh, yes, I, I, I was struck by you know, the real exquisite corpse I saw in the museum uh, in, in Art Institute of Chicago. It's um, you know, this, I think you know the, the paper, the game that they put on a cafe, they draw and then you fold, you have a little line coming up and then you send to another person and he or she continue and then go on and on and then you uh, stretch out the paper and you see crazy <laughs> uh, drawings and, and I was wow, this is, could be adapted for for movie. And so I tried to do that uh, with the idea, with the, um, I, with the idea that the, the film has to be flexible because of the budget. You know, every time I have money, I shoot. So it's like exquisite crops in a way, you know. So when, uh, so we travel, and when we uh, don't have money, we stop, and that, and just gathering uh, people's life and and also their their imagination. You know, I ask them to continue a story, and then, okay, stop, and then we drove to another city, and then another person have a, a little bit of the end of that that fiction story the first person have told us, and then they continue freely. Yeah, until many people contribute to this crazy narrative <laughs> until the end and then we, we, shoot, we shot that in a fictional uh, style and intercut within the movie and, and I think I, I cannot do that again, it was too crazy <laughs> because it's very small crew, like five and, and I was doing camera myself right. I remember just loading the, the camera, um, it's 16 millimeter and it, it's a new, it's not a bollocks, and, and the camera just sprang like prang, and then there's a film coming out everywhere. So it was my learning, you know, really learning along the way with my crew member who still work with me until now. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the film you made after that was called um, Blissfully Yours, um, and that, that's um, uh, a film that introduced um, 
a structure that became very associated with your films. Um, the thing, I think the thing that people um, f most struck people first about the film when they saw it was that the credit sequence um, essentially divides the film in two. It, it sort of happens um, at maybe the 40 minute mark um, and the film seems to start over. Um, and you've then, you've gone on to make a, a few films in which there are these two part structures. Um, and I'm wondering if you can say a, a little bit about why you're, why you're drawn to these this, this double structure, but also it, it also beyond that, it seems like the, the you know dualities are very important in your films. They they deal with um, just dualities of like rural and urban, um, the interiors, exteriors, or darkness, light, past, present. So um, is is that related to 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 the idea of these films starting over or sort of being reborn in a sense? Um, basically, yours is. Uh, was the start of that, you know. Uh, in the beginning, we just planned the title sequence in the in the front of the film. But when when uh, I and my editor edited it, was it didn't feel right, and and so we 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 put in the middle, and we take time to go look at it again and make sure that um, it's not it's right, it's the right place. And and I feel that the film film like animal, it's like animal. They 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 need you know, their own structure and they would tell you later why, why. That, that's the wicked thing that they don't tell you in the beginning. <laughs> so they, you know, af after the process of doing that, you know, you know and, and of course it's very sensitive that you, you, you cannot make it just for the sake of experimentation or for the sake of shocking. You know, I, I feel like, oh, maybe this is the place because, because that the, the beginning 45 minutes was uh, simply introduction to characters and then the real real thing start yeah and and also basically you was was the start of this uh, idea of of, um, of the duality um, automatically you know uh, contrast uh, happy and suffering and you know lightness and darkness and also my 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 appreciation of the outdoor and the jungle Right. Yeah, and you can also see in the the anthem, you can see you can see the you know outdoor and indoor right. and uh, fictional, and then documentary. You can see the process of ritual and things like that. Yeah. Right. So, um, blissful yours was also a film of that. Uh, you mentioned the jungle, which is um, a, um, a favorite setting of yours. Um, Blissfully Yours starts in a more urban environment and moves to the jungle. And the same thing happens in your third film, Tropical Malady. Um, the difference between the two films would be that um, in Blissfully Yours, uh, you've said that one, you, you considered the sun a character in that film. But in Tropical Malady, um, the film is often so dark that we can barely see what's happening. Right. I think the jungle, the jungle, it start again, that blissfully yours when we, uh, we shot the film and we depended so much on sunlight and on, on natural light and sometimes we just, I just need the sun on this spot and cannot be otherwise and so, so we waited a long time, sometimes it just sat there and I remember two, three days without shooting, we just playing cards, you know, and that, that benefit, you know, you, I I noticed the change in the lights and that and and then wow this is a very great and I I want to explore more of this character I fi I viewed it as as a, an, an actor you know and it's very deep uh, it's, it's, it had many shades uh, through the day 
the color change and the temperature and the, the feelings, you know, you know, is 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 as deep as Meryl Streep acting, I think. <laughs> For me, is 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 yeah. I think I can explore more and more <laughs> with that. Yeah. Uh, why don't we play? We have a clip from uh, Tropical Malady uh, that um, we're going to play for you. So, um, so after Blissfully Yours, which was very much a film about sunlight and nature, this was a film that was um, this, at least the second half. The second half of it takes place almost entirely at night. Um, could you talk about the specific challenges of, of shooting at night, and also why you why you wanted to do that? It was. Um Again, I want to reflect in Blissfully Your was during the day, and I think that night it also another character, and I feel, I feel that uh, I want to to highlight this uh, character more in in terms of that when you don't see when you see it, you know you you just operate visually, but when you don't see much or or don't see it at all, you know your mind takes over, so. And the second part is more of the mind, the mind trip of the character also. And, and it was very hard to shoot because uh, we shot on film, we don't have that. And, and I will always insist to, to go lower, you know, the, the light. And, and we, we end up with <laughs> unusable footage so, so much. But of course, we had so many beautiful ones that it's really under the threshold of, you know, Almost cannot see the, the edge of perception. Almost, yes, yeah. yes. The um, one thing that com that comes across in this clip, and also very much in um, Uncle Boon Me, which has a lot of nighttime s sequences, is the importance of sound in yeah. in, in scenes like this. Um, the can you say a bit about the sound design and and uh, how you worked on that? Because it's, there's a lot of it is natural ambient noise um, that's recorded, but also and then manipulated. Right. For, for this one, is is also manipulated, um, not as much as Uncle Bunmi, um, but just to to have it feel uh, uh, the presence of the the life and the ambience around, and to reflect the the character's emotion. So this insect or this kind of Greek sound has to come at this time and that time. Yeah. But for Uncle Bunmi, it's different. Uh, you can see, you can hear actually the rumble sound and more. More, more artificialness in that because it's intentional as a cinematic jungle. It's not a jungle like this. It's, it's a tribute to old cinema, you know. So we shot the night differently. In Uncle Bunmi, it's day for night. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, can you say a bit about your attraction to the jungle setting? I know you just, you know, you just described the jungle as a character um, in itself, but is is. Um, does it have to do with your childhood, you know, where you grew up, and, and, and the, the areas surrounding your hometown? Um, more of the, 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 the media that I grew up and mm -hmm. the, the fables. So, um, I grew up in the hospital area, uh, but, but it's not the jungle, you know, it's just a small town with uh, just one road, you right. know, a dirt road, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a flat land also. It's not so. Yeah, but it's it's more to do with the imagination when when I read these, you know, adventure tales. And right. Yes. Right. So that two-part structure that we were talking about um, is, I think, even more pronounced in Tropical Malady, um, and then becomes even more so in uh, Syndromes in a Century. Um, and uh, you know, I think one of the things that 
this creates is the sense of um, the, the idea of having a split in the film um, creates the sense of a puzzle. Um, um, if, if the film is divided in two parts, I think the viewer tends to try to find connections. Um, and I think um, a lot of the writing surrounding your films have, has been um, about that. They're, they're treated as puzzles and enigmas, and your first film was called Mysterious Object at noon. Um, uh, I'm wondering how you feel about the act of, um, you know, about explanation. Do you think that too much explanation or interpretation takes away from the mystery of these films? Um, do you, or do you actually enjoy hearing these interpretations and explanations? Mm, I think that's the, the best thing, you know, when I travel to festival or read reviews, it's, it's very good to, to, to hear that. And it, it, it's super... Um, you know, it, it, it's very good for a filmmaker, I think, to to know that the the film has a life of its own and it can be interpreted. Even though I have my own references, my own, yeah, but but it's universal and people can take their own experience mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. So, do you sense that there's um, a, a difference between the reactions to the films? Um, uh, among Thai audiences and Western audiences, or maybe non-Thai audiences, your films actually have different titles in Thai and English. The literal translations are often not the same at all, and they seem to be describing a different movie. So, you know, it's, um, you come up with both titles, I assume, the Thai and the English titles. It depends because sometimes, uh, like Uncle Bunmi, has the, the same, same title, right? Yes. Um, or or blissfully yours is the same. Right. So, so, so it depends because sometimes I I had Thai title, but when translate to English, it it sound it doesn't sound right. Yeah. So. But for um for Thai audiences, I mean, as you said, you know, you're referring to the, the cinema of your childhood. I assume you're you're talking largely about Thai cinema Uncle and Bun Mi, yeah. yeah, and yeah. a lot of your films, um, Uncle Bunny in particular, does deal with um, um, Thai culture, um, specific cultural references, which I think are lost on a lot of um, viewers outside of Thailand. But, um, you know, and, and so are you often surprised when you get interpretations, like when, when people situate you more in a, a Western art film tradition, mm. uh, you know, which I think is obviously a, a more, more common for Western critics um, to do? Well, it, it helped me. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it last night, um, the the feeling that um, I don't know if you've already seen Uncle Bunmi, but when uh, when you look at Uncle Bunmi, he's when he's dead, he's actually when we look back, he's more alive than than that uh, the people in you know staring at television like zombie, and and that's not my take, you know, it's from someone else. And okay, so you give me some material to tell the audience. <laughs> so this kind of uh, interpretation that I, I found very interesting and but but more importantly it's more of the the connection of the audience to the, to the film. Many, many people wrote me that oh they don't understand and and they're okay with that. Right. And and you know for for the last film it's uh, one guy in Paris sent me this photo of his dead son in January as a teenager. He pictured on the beach and he said his son died in January and the film made him feel connect to to that and to come to terms with it and you know this kind of thing that is, is better than the award itself and yeah. Right. So your your films are, um, have moments in which the characters um, 
acknowledge the camera. And I should remember watching a, a documentary about you making Tropical Malady, and, and, and one of the directions that you gave the actors was um, act as if you're in a movie. So uh, can you say what you mean by that and why, why this, um, uh, what's behind this impulse of calling attention to the fact that we're watching a film? It's, it's to, to create awareness that, that, you know, this illusion, film is illusion, and, and it's always the case, like you say, when, um, usually I put it in the beginning, in the blissfully yours, or, you know, the, the girl is actually driving um, a car before the crate comes up, and she look at you, smiling, and, and it's, for a long time that the car would crash if you know so it's it's, it's like that it's inviting to to the movie and at the same time feeling this this is fake and also the beginning of tropical malady the soldier look look at you and the critic come up for a long time it flirts he flirts at you actually that's what my 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 instruction for him to flirt with the camera flirt the, the camera yeah and and of course you see the the, the thick tiger looking so it's about this case and about this, yeah, and, and this one also, that it, it, it breaks something when, when you are about into the movie, because the, mm, the other doctor is trying to get you immersed or hypnotize you into another world, in a way, hypnotize the audience too, but then you see this, and then you've been pulled back, like, wait, <laughs> what is it? So, so this kind of thing that, um, you know, is, is that I, I want to, to mm, I say to express that um, that this this material, this illusion. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, you said that you grew up around um, a hospital area, and, you know, and, and both your parents were doctors. And um, syndromes, the film that we um, just saw the clip from, is set largely in two hospitals. And I think in almost all of your films, there's a hospital scene or a visit to the doctor's office, um, and this. Um, characters who have um, ailments, or you know, like whether it's a skin condition, or in, in Uncle Budmi, he has um, suffering from kidney failure, and this is in the titles of the films as well: tropical malady and syndromes in a century. So, um, is this a reflection of just your your childhood spending time around s sick people? And yeah, that this time also, when I look back, the time seem slower. When was that that hospital? You um, is still mix of wood and concrete uh, during that time, and I just walk. Uh, it's our playground, all the kids, and and there's a pond, a big pond um, in the middle, and I remember there's a patients and relatives just walk uh, around or or just stand there looking at the water. And they're very slow. I think I think in the hospital and in this kind of commune area seem to be uh, slower the time. And I, I feel really, I, when I think back about my my years, it was like that. So the time is different, and and the color and the smell. I um, I, I always feel very comfortable in hospital, you know, hospital area, um, with the smell of antiseptics. And I feel like home. So <laughs> I was joking with you in, in Toronto, like I, I feel like I want to be sick now because I, I just saw a very beautiful hospital in, uh, 
in Toronto, and I like to be there and admit for a day, <laughs> something like that. You haven't found any in New York. You haven't found any hospitals in New York. Not that yet. Are, <laughs> uh, this was this was actually one of the scenes that I know the censors had a a problem with. The Thai censors requested cuts from uh, Syndromes in a Century. Um, I, it's, I, I think um, one of the issues was the portrayal of monks and the portrayal of doctors in the film. And so it had to do with the fact that they were drinking. Right. And when I looked at it, they, they didn't even drink. So that's what I, my argument also, that <laughs> they didn't drink. But, but it was, uh, back then the censorship board was controlled by the police. So I was, um, it's the first time that I knew the system that I went to, uh, first time they didn't, you know, uh, then I appeal. When I appeal, I had to be there and defend. And there's uh, all this uh, round table, about 15 people uh, from doctor council and uh, monk, uh, you know, the monk council and also journalist association and also a film scholar who are teachers in school, but, and everyone start to talk and, and to attack me one by one. <laughs> and, 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 you know, for example, the, the doctor uh, associate say, why, why don't you make a good film, you know, about doctor doing something good? Or you can drink, but not in the hospital. You can kiss, but not in the hospital. So um, this kind of thing, the monk also the same. Um, so, so people, you know, the authorities always view film as a tool to promote or like propaganda for institutions. Yeah, so I, I, I fight and, and especially I, I cannot accept when, when the film scholar, the film teacher say, Apishat uh, Pong, you have to go back to film school and, or do something else because you don't know how to make film. <laughs> That's what he say. So, so I protest and I, I did a lot of seminar and, and we showed the film. Finally, two years afterward, with, with the censor version, uh, for this scene, it's black for I think five to seven minutes. You know, so people experience uh, intermittent blackness and silence. You know, as for me, it's not my film, but it's a statement. You know, and in, in front of theater, there, there are a board, education board for for people to go and see that. You know, what what we've been in the past, how censor operate, and they realize, wow. Uh, some Hollywood film has also been censored without their knowing. It's, it's like very seamless, you know, right. sometimes. Yeah, so now is it, with that, it changed to, to under control of the uh, Ministry of Culture. Um, it's a little bit better. Uh, I mean, we have a rating system now, uh, but, but because of Thailand is still very conservative and, and the, the authorities <coughs> still uh, operate in, in the same uh, mind, uh, mental, so so still quite a way to to fight to yeah right. It seems that since then, um, since since you you fought back against the censors, um, you've you've been making this. Um, Uncle Bumi is part of a larger project called the Primitive Project, um, which I think many people have have described as your most um, political work, and um, and you've talked about it. Um, in quite explicit political terms, I'm wondering if this, um, you know, this this battle with the censors was something that politicized you. Do you think it actually made your work more political, or are you are you just getting more comfortable talking about politics? Because I think you could go back to blissfully yours and read a political um, dimension to that film um, about um, one the the lead character 
uh, in that film is um, an illegal immigrant from Burma. Uh, and I think that that, that film has um, a political uh, context that you can place it in as well. I, I think the film, it's like my diary, it, it, they shift according to, to, to me growing up and to understand the country where I live and also uh, my interest, you know, the and also the, fi the, the actors also the same. So they grow, we grow all together and it's a record. And lately with political in Thailand, political situation, I, I, I feel that it's impossible to, to deny. But somehow I, I feel uh, that it's very hard to make political film, um, especially direct one that I cannot do it. So it's a learning process that I want to, yeah. Um, it's, it start right after basically your uh, trip, trip, uh, syndrome in a century that um, I spent a year uh, protesting and, and, and actually going to the parliament to give the letter to your representative and speak out about this. Um, and in a way, I've, it's like uh, automatically forced me to look at the law and learn how it works, which which is I was so ignorant before, so so that year helped a lot to to see that how we become this uh, very chaotic, you know, in politically, yeah, and so I I, I start this primitive project. Um, it is it has this idea of uh, a portrait of the northeast that I grew up uh, and. An installation. Uh, they have satellite project. Uncle Bunmi is one of them. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to show a clip. Maybe you want to. I don't know if you want to say a bit about the primitive project before we show the clip from Primitive, which is one of the installation pieces in. Yes. Um, um, as Chapon was saying, it's a, it's a, a multi-platform yeah. um, project that um, Uncle Bunmi is the feature film. But there are also uh, th it's been presented as uh, installations in um, yeah. various galleries. There are also short films that have shown online and in galleries and in mm. theaters. Um, and there's an artist book. So it's just like this multi-tentacled right. thing. Um, you you want to just say a bit about it before we show the primitive clip? Uh, yes, the the primitive, the installation that we see is um, is a simulation of the two screen. They they have big room and then there's a. Uh, another big one, like a theater, a two synchronized screen. Uh, so the the installation project focused more on uh, political uh, resonance in that area, in that village that I work with the teenagers. Um, and so we built a spaceship together, and we use the sh the chip, uh, our creation as uh, a prop in the movie. So when you go to the installation, you can see various screen of the, um, of the making and also other thing like music video or something. You know, just we have fun together, and 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 then with this uh, two screen, it's a fiction fictional part that also has uh, documentary feeling too. But it's, it's it's like a, for me, it's like a movie in operation. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna show a clip from Primitive. Um, it's uh, it's actually a spaceship scene. Hi, this is Violet Luca, digital editor of Film Comet magazine. Stay on top of what's happening at this year's New York Film Festival at the Film Comet website. We'll have in-depth interviews and fresh insights into the films by your favorite filmmakers from around the world, like Apichapong Wirasethakul, Athena Rachel Sangari, Miguel Gomez, and many more. 
We'll also be drawing from our 50-plus year archive for the inside story on Brian De Palma and Ho Shao Shen. Visit filmcomet.com today. Uh, so that we're seeing the, you don't see the exterior. That, that was the inside of the spaceship yeah. that um, yeah. that you built. Um, and this uh, spaceship, which you, as you say, is, is central to the the primitive project, makes. Um, it just makes explicit that there's always been a little bit of a science fiction undercurrent in some of your films. Um, so science fiction is obviously something that you're 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 interested in. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a very big fan of <laughs> the yeah science fiction novel, and I actually wrote one script about it. And yeah, um, did you plan? Was there ever an intention of using the spaceship in Uncle Boonmi? Sorry, uh, in Uncle Boonmi. Did you ever consider using the spaceship? Uh, in, mm, in fact, no, no. We, 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 there's, there's a remnant of it. It's, there's talking right. about it, but not. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this spaceship, um, you built, and it, uh, if you want to, I know it's still there, right? This, it's an yeah, enormous yeah. ship in, in, just in the middle of a field. Yeah, for, for me, it's like a performance that we, mm -hmm. I stay in village for several months and doing this, you know, I, I I don't know what is I didn't know what is gonna be for the installation, so I just accumulate my image, you know, and and just have fun with the the teens, and it's almost like an excuse to to build something up, and 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 in retrospect, I think it's 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 quite relevant that we, the spaceship is uh, kind of symbolize the idea of travel mm -hmm. to get away, and and the time now in Thailand is. is there's no better time to, to escape, you know, to go somewhere else. And, and, and the spaceship is, is the place that, um, you know, that we, we use. It's a movie prop and it's a, to, to trigger our imagination, our dream about the future also. And, and it's been used, we, you, when you see the installation, you see the, the construction from the metal frame and to that, and, and, and this movie too. And, and that you, and that for me, I use it as a, I'm a filmmaker. I use it as a film for for the kids. It's still in the village, and they use it as a drinking place, you know, or other thing. I don't know, <laughs> but but is uh, at night sometimes it's, it's very uh, cold. So they they use so so I feel glad that the, the our creation has been utilized in, in that and in, in it's not showing in a gallery or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, so, can you say a bit about these um, these kids, these young young men that you made the the f um, you know built the spaceship with and and, and, and collaborated with for this um, for this project, um, and and maybe talk a little bit about uh, they they live in a village called Nabua, yes, which is um, uh, the site of um, was the site of uh, uh, a violent crackdown by the the government against the uh, the communist farmers who were uh, who lived in the region, right. um, and this is something that happened in the '60s, um, and is a part of the history of this place that mm -hmm. isn't really talked about, but it's something that you wanted to explore yeah. in in all all the various facets of the primitive project, mm -hmm. and and these um, young men are dis they're obviously too young to have lived through that right, right. period, but they're descended from people who were. Yeah. Involved, right? Yeah, it's the same way. Uh, when I was there, I, I didn't think that I would work here, 
but I travel further, but I, I couldn't get this out of my mind that because it's so so strong, uh, the, the story is very strong and and I interview a lot of uh, the older generation who passed through this brutality, the rape and you know and the, the, during the time the army stationed in in the ca in the temple, and you cannot um, you have to every morning you have to go to this camp and then to have your hands stamp to go to work and four o'clock in the evening you have to come back and you know and at home so um and many men of course uh, being accused of being communists have to escape so there's only women and and children that um they they sometimes they act as a informant to to send information to their husbands and to give rise and they find all the ways to to put let's say rice in the you know and of the buffalo uh, ring ring bell and you know just to go and so it's it's operate on fears all these you know at, at one point the village is so quiet it's so quiet and 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 that's why many in the installation also silent film you know um that's when the dog barks you know um sometimes the the soldier came to your house because they they suspect that the husband will come back to meet the family, so people are so so afraid that they kill all their dogs. Uh, so this kind of brutal uh, thing, but somehow it's it's very too much for me. So I start to feel what what I'm feel more comfortable with working with a teen who like me, who didn't feel the direct experience. Yeah. So it's like working with them and to get to know know them and how they relate to the the history and in fact they they have many things to tell you know that in the landscape that we work on oh my my grandfather was beheaded here in that spot and then so it's, it's very uh, um, intense experience for me yeah to work on that but but in the installation it was it was more abstract you know it's my reaction um, and, and it's mostly about light the idea of light you know this we also use the the army light you know for me light light is very important here when the sunlight for the you know benefit of the agriculture area but sometimes it burns also the fire when when they burn the rice to grow new crops or or this military light but the flare right. at night you know some older generation recall that this beautiful green um, for me, it's beautiful, but for them, it's a light of destruction. You know, it's something that to find someone hidden in the bushes, and yeah. So we also use military friend there in this movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the people from the older generation, they were they were willing to talk about this history, right? They, some of them, they 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 f they feel like they don't want to remember, and and I feel somehow uh, awkward to to dig it up. And, but Uncle Bunmi, you know, like <laughs> compared to Uncle Bunmi, he, 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 you know, has this record of remember so, so much. And so I found this uh, kind of balance between talking about memory in different way in the same region. Yeah. So, uh, so Uncle Bunmi is a, f a film about a man who's dying. Um, but as the, you know, as the title suggests, it's also very much a film about rebirth and life. Um, uh, did you see this film as a kind of exploration of your your own spiritual beliefs mm. about reincarnation and 
not not much so because because I it's in my system already. I, I don't need to explore it, it. But has that changed over the years? Your your beliefs? Mm, I mean, it changed, of course. But but as there's always this belief, um, always this. Um, I mean, the possibility that there's invisible things around and stuff like that. Even though sometimes it's, it's nonsense, but but you cannot check it off. You know, raise up like like this. So the idea of the the coexistence between this invisible and and spirit and plant and human all always have some has has souls in in there so so for me i it, it's it's just in in other movies too i think so uncle Bumi was more of the remembrance of of the the thing that i love that i grew up with and yeah mm -hmm. storytelling that 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 has that uh, kind of belief animist belief and mm -hmm. yeah so um, You've um, you've used the phrase uh, the burden of memory um, uh, mm. several times in, in talking about your films, um, and I think it's clear from watching them that you you mean many different types of memory, whether it's a personal or more historical and political memory. Um, I, I'm wondering why you phrase it that way. Why why burden? Because the, we. Um, I, I, I'm a really forgetful person, but at least that's why I made movie, you know, to, to record. But at the same time, I imagine it's, it's all this memory that I want to remember. There's so much, and I cannot, you know, and, and there's so many things, you know, um, that, that you want to remember and you want to learn in one life, but it's not enough. You know, you, you, go, to, you go to Barnes & Noble, you want to read all the books. I want to read out of it, but there's no, no, this kind of thing. So, so it's, it's kind of a, a burden also that I think maybe that, that's the natural way that if reincarnation exists, you know, that's, that's why we forget, you know, otherwise it's become a burden. We have to go back to, you know, to meet our previous life, uh, sons or mother, father, and all these things that maybe it's a natural process that we forget. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, we're going to open it up for questions uh, shortly. Just, um, I wanted to, just maybe you can talk a little bit about your experience showing Uncle Bunmi at uh, in Cannes, and then also um, how it's been received in 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 Thailand. Um, the uh, if people were following the news, this um, the, the film showed in Cannes the week that um, of uh, very violent demonstrations were breaking out in in. Um, Bangkok. I know you had a hard time even getting out of the country, um, and you know your the, your Palm Door win became kind of entwined with the uh, political narrative, in in a sense. Um, and you actually were very outspoken in Khan at your press conference and in interviews about the situation, and actually very outspoken against um, the Thai government. So, and and Bunmi has since played in. Uh, just is it just in Bangkok or? Bangkok and then other cities. Other touring. cities, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, which I, one thing to point out is that the film actually is is subtitled even in in Thailand yeah. because the, what what they're speaking is a northeastern dialect that is not mm. um, will not be familiar to, to most people in in Bangkok, right? Yeah, very size specific. Yeah. So um, what was the what was it like getting you know going back with the with the Palm Door, is there a sense now that you know that you're considered because, partly because the story is so connected to events in Thailand that you you 
are thought of as a, a national filmmaker? Is that something you accept or reject? And, you know, and, and what's been the conversation around the film in Thailand? I try to look at it in a positive way, you know, how, how the award can, can help uh, me and also the, the filmmakers there to, um, and I, I they, they, they're very excited about the award because it came at the time of the very intense uh, dark period and people died and, and so they, people grabs on good news, any positive news. So, so I was really surprised actually that people received it very well and the theater, we, we they packed theaters for six weeks and it, it was great. Uh, but at the same time, people also asked me about my political view, not only movie. And yeah, so Thailand is very divided, you know, by very conservative and, and by, you know, liberal. But of course, I have been attacked a lot in, in terms of my point of view, um, because it's the same like Uncle Bunmi. I, I really don't agree with the killing, with the killings of people that somehow is justified for many people. Um, during, during the time of the, I don't know if you know the situation, there's uh, people from the red shirt um, camp who really sympathize with, uh, who really support the former prime minister, who, who also I don't like because of this corruption and things that, you know, and, but at the same time, they, they, they really show their, their power and they, they, they camp on the street, they came from the village and it take so long, you know, so long time there. And there's a, um, there's a monk came up, like in the past also, and, and this one is a new generation monk and he put on his Twitter, Saying, saying that uh, killing time is sin more sinful than killing people. So in a way, he, 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 he said that, you know, just get rid of this, you know, protester. And, and that's what happened. So, you know, when... This when was a monk on Twitter? Yeah, he put on his Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but before in the, in the early 70s or so, early 70s, there's when there's a student uprising, um, there's a monk come up, uh, he, he said, you know, uh, killing communists is not a sin. So it's the same sentiment, you know, repeated in different form. But, and, and then, um, yeah, so people die and now they have this investigation that very dragged on for so long. And, and with Cairns, I, I had a chance to meet, to meet with the prime minister. That's a good thing. So I talk about this and also about this freedom that we want as a filmmaker. So I try to, you know, just do anything that relate to film. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't touch. I, I wouldn't waste my time or, you know, to to that, you know. So so anything that relate to cinema that I I protest, you know, that yeah. So okay, we have about 15 minutes. So um, I'd love to just take some questions from the audience. Uh, I see a lot of hands. Um, we'll start. Okay, uh, two questions. We'll do one at a time. Um, first one is. Um, does the Thai government censor online videos, or is there freedom of expression in that area? Yes, there's a special unit for that. It's from ICT uh, in, in communication department, and, and they censor uh, more than uh, 100,000 websites now, and um, not only video, but also web board and something like that, and, and YouTube also. YouTube also, uh, I don't know if it's from Thailand or from YouTube that we, we cannot view many clips um, in, from YouTube. And I kind of wonder the, also the, 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 the standpoint of, of Google 
you know, when, when they have this publicity come out that they're against China censorship mm -hmm. and stuff, but, but in many countries they're also censored. Right. You know, they're self-censored and stuff like that. Yeah. And your so second question was, was about the confusion of critics? Okay. The, the question was about um, the Khan uh, critics' reception to um, the film and also to its uh, win. And, and I, actually, I should point out that I, I think um, I was sitting in the press room when um, Uncle Boon Miwan, and I was the, I think I've, I've never heard the press at Khan react that way. It was the most uh, enthusiastic, excited re reaction in the press room that I'd ever witnessed in Khan. But I think you're right that there were certainly some critical voices who were. Um, Confused is one way to put it, um, but what's your take on that? I think it's, it's when 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 I make this film, when you make this film, you know it's not for everyone, and of course you have to face it. And I think Cannes is a very good platform that that you go there, and for me, I, it, I feel like a, a, a masochist club <laughs> that that you you have to go there present and you expect this boo and attacks and of course I feel personal about the film but you feel upset but at the learning process that you have to accept that you choose your own path and and then this had to happen and it made me stronger I think yeah so. okay um, let's go to the back um, okay th uh, the question is about whether you you look at religion in a humorous way um, I think uh, you were talking about Uncle Boon Me. There actually is, um, even though you had you got into trouble for putting monks in syndromes, there's uh, there's monks in uh, mm. Uncle Boon Me as well. Um, so is there um, a? Uh, and he also seems to be a kind of a uh, a more modern type of uh, monk. Um, so do you look at this in a humorous? Is there humor in your portrayal of uh, religious elements, I think is the question. Well, in, in a way, yes, because I get direction of the past film also that, you know, I, I'm telling them I'm, I'm not going to do a film to promote the Sankha or something. I I'm, I'm make film about human and Hmong Hmong is human. And, and, and that, that also this, this film is reaction to that uh, to a certain extent. But, but uh, the, the real goal is for me is to 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 present the ritualness of the burden of when someone die you you have to do this and when my father die I have to be monk also and and also the idea of shell that the transformation you have you know you don't need to 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 reborn and stuff even in one lifetime you 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 transform you reincarnate you know you shave your head you become and so when he's hungry he he take off his shell and he become like it's like society is put up into this many lives throughout one lifetime. Yeah, so mm. yes. The question is about the use of music. I think you mean specifically um, pop music as well, right? In in in, in the films, uh, um, Uncle Bunmi, uh, the anthem that we saw, and uh, also in Syndromes and a Century. Yeah, as simple as. It's, it's what I like. They, they, they're what I like, and also it, re re it really uh, again want to record the time because in in, in Uncle Bunmi in the end, actually the music was very popular. But uh, about five or six years ago, so when pe Thai people see it, you know, we feel like at odd with time. You know, it's, it's not really modern, but at the same time not too old. And but but also meaning, you know, about mm, this. Uh, it's called acrophobia, 
So the song is about a guy who asks his woman to come down, maybe from heaven, because he cannot go up, and he's afraid of height. Or this, this kind of meaning also. And, and my also, and the last reel or something, it's is become like my own style and what I like to know. You know the 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 audio and and the the the, the how you say what's available in the landscape and how I grew up and so it's a record of, of time yeah with right. the use of music yeah, for me yeah okay uh, yes yep uh, the question is about the process of uh, of composition um, do you do storyboards and short and short lists. Yes, um, I, I had a script, but, but before going to a script, I had lots of notes in the in, in little notebooks, and it, it could take years, you know. I, I, and, and then the process of grouping them together and trying to find uh, the feelings um, rather than story come first, and then, and then, you know, just that process can be quick, maybe uh, a few weeks or one month, and just finish the whole, whole script. And and then we we need that to submit for funding, because you know this kind of film need funding and 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 then doing the the shoot is is I always have a take of uh, one free take for cameraman you know whatever you want to do one free take for actor, so so this kind of thing that to keep it flexible but but it depends on the movie for Uncle Bunmi uh, the dialogue is pretty intact. In from the script because it's, it's really classical style that we referring to, yeah. For example, and and film the film is shaped a lot in the the editing, yeah. Also, like I say, they they're different animals and we have to get to know them, you know, the, the film, yeah. And and the, the 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 very important thing is you really need to have a, a understanding producer, you know. I I really. You know, I've been lucky to have. Um, the I remember during Tropical Malady, um, the film is uh, partly funded by a television in Europe, and when the guy came to 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 this uh, righteous screening in Bangkok, and and he was furious. He was, what is this? You know, I he didn't understand. But it's a rush, and also, so I feel very bad, and and. But somehow, when we went back to the meeting, um, my producer, he's French, and he's big. And, and he said, if you, if you say one more thing, I'm going to throw you out of the balcony. And, and he really meant it. So, so, so that, you know, this very protective feeling I got from, from all my producers, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yes. You, yes. Okay. Um, what can you talk about the influences for? If, if people haven't seen it, um, there's a sequence with a, uh, a princess and a catfish who talks and does a bit more than that um, <laughs> in the film. So, uh, if you can talk about the in, the influences. No, uh, the each reel has different again right. references, and and that reel was. Um, I think I'm influenced by the television we call royal costume drama is is it's about this prince and princess and animals that can talk and all this love story and they still have now in Thai television but it's done differently it's more love stories between people and animals um, not, not so much not, not sure. so much but but 
but animal can talk. But but I, I mean I, I put that in as a, 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 a little stretch of the, the the norm that to want to talk about the hybrid form of, of life and that she's not happy with her, you know, so she uh, sacrificed her life, her virginity for to, to transform uh, like the son who, who was uh, who was a monkey. You know, he, he wants to escape so he transformed himself, and let's talk about the hybrid, you know, also hybrid cinema, hybrid form of life, and man and human, and, you know, this, yeah. So the question is about sound, and are you ever guided more by, more by sound than by image? Yes, many times, yeah. We, we um, I edited with my editor, and on second floor, and the third floor is a sound guy working. So we work together, uh, and then we send clips and back and forth, and and that sound is, is yeah, is, is about that. And sometimes the sound change the editing, yeah, uh, when we have time to do that, you know. And and, and the mixing, yes, uh, that's why it's, it's really good uh, for have the Dolby system. <laughs> and and that uh, is it, it, like Uncle Bunmi, we, uh, the last day of the, we had a screen in the regular theater. And I said, no, this is not right. I, we came back to the sound studio and changed everything. You know, for the ambience and for the sound that that because I thought that you know we we make a tribute to old kind of cinema we we mix like a very traditional traditional way, but somehow it, it didn't sound right. So we we change to uh, kind of adjust the level of ambience again and all these things again and and the sound design is very very important that artificiality of it and the 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 in-between world of man-made and, you know, uh, for example, for, for some scene in, in the movie, the la latest one, uh, my sound designer, there are two of them. One is Japanese. The Japanese guy, he went to the jungle, to the forest, and, and he has uh, um, the instrument, uh, the musician, uh, violin, uh, go deep into the, the forest and then there's another guy doing guitar and stuff like that and then he's at the edge of the forest and with the mixer and so they start to play and then and then he he had this sound with you know man-made instrument and natural sound coming in and then uh, he mixed life on there and we manipulate again in, in the post yeah so this kind of experiment yeah so, so I, I guess are people supposed to find certain things funny, and, and, and is it fine if s some people don't? Right, right. It's, yeah. it's, it's the verge in between yeah. that I, the awkwardness of, of how you receive the film is, is for me, is a very interesting um, aspect of, again, living there. You know, I want to express these feelings of, of whether you want to laugh or you want to, to cry when, when in, in like in Thailand, you have these conflicting things, you know, happen um, in the news every day, and you, you can find beauty and ugliness. And, and for example, these, this, um, there's this separatist in the south, you know, there's always bombing and there's very harsh political situation always going on. And, and at the same time, there's also a problem of, of teenagers fighting, and, you know, with really they have guns and they kill each other on the street and so the Ministry of Education you know say okay let's send this kid to the south you know, <laughs> to be in the red zone and I was like how, how did he 
came up, come up with this, what kind of brain he used, you know, this kind of thing that you don't want, you don't know how to laugh or to, to feel sorry for the guy or for the country, this, this kind of thing, and, and it's just one example. So it's very inspiring, this kind of mode of, of, of operating in Thailand, mm -hmm. you know, that, that it's, it's a mixture of, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll take one more question. Is there uh, John Borman's film, The Emerald Forest? Ah, yeah. Is uh, you, I think you've said that it's a film you like. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I I remember watching when I was uh, young in my hometown, and I I don't even know the story now, but I uh, like like Uncle Budmi, I could have gone back to to do a research uh, reference for the old film in the Thai archive, but I, uh, the same way as uh, John Borman uh, film that. I just remember the green and the lushness of the the, the cinematography, and and that's how it, it stuck. Yeah, and also I I love one Thai film that is called Mountain People, and I I remember really. But recently I I watched it again, and I was oh it's such a horrible movie. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. It made you feel good in the, you know, in 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 the past, and it's a good movie then. Yeah, that's how I judge. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm afraid uh, we're out of time, but uh, thank you for uh, coming. Uh, there's a reception across the hall in the gallery, and thank you, Apshapa. Oh, thanks very much. The Close Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Nick Kemp and Michael Odemark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to The Close-Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City, supported by individuals just like you. Founded in 1969 to celebrate American and international cinema, the Film Society presents year-round programming recognizing established and emerging filmmakers, supporting important new work, and enhancing awareness, accessibility, and understanding of the moving image. To learn more about what we do and support the Film Society by becoming a member, please visit filmlink.org. F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C dot org. The Film Society of Lincoln Center. Film lives here. <laughs>